0: So please join me on this journey of learning, self-growth, and connection with your source. Hi, and welcome to the It Is Top podcast. This is episode 352 for the 15th of Khashvan in a leap year. So if you live in New York like me, then it's not so easy to see the stars at night, But if you've been privileged at some point in your life to be in a more country kind of environment where the sky is clearer, then hopefully you have been able to see the stars at night. And it's a really beautiful sight, right? As you start looking up, you start looking to see if you can see different constellations, uh, which stars are brighter than others. Maybe you can see other kind of pictures in the stars. It's a really nice thing. So how is it possible that we see stars at night and not during the daytime? So this actually, interestingly, has to do with the sun, if you think about it. So why is it that we don't see stars during the daytime and we only see them at night? Because during the daytime, the sun is overpowering all the stars, at least from our perspective. So that we, the light that we see is from the sun and that hides the light of the stars and then at night when the sun hides so to speak then this manifests the radiance of the stars. How this works astronomically and everything isn't really going to be our focus for today's podcast suffice it to say that within the writings of the Gemara and Kabbalah and things like that there are detailed explanations astronomical explanations about all of these different phenomena, some of which very uh obviously parallel the astronomical findings of of scientific of scientists nowadays some kind of don't appear to match up at first glance and of course being Torah true Jews uh the perspective that the Rebbe always had the perspective that Torah scholars have always had is that it's not a fault in Torah knowledge when things don't apparently match up but it's actually the the um the limitations of scientific knowledge so that while yes of course torah and gemara is not a science book nevertheless it is truth so if there's something written in these sperm that we learn in the torah that has to do with the nature of our reality the nature of our worlds as Torah true Jews, we must assume that it's true. And yet in contrast, because it's a god, a godly truth, which is true truth. Whereas in contrast, when we look at, uh, at, at scientific knowledge, scientific knowledge is really always changing. It's always developing. It's always, there's always more that's being explored. And often we can find many examples. This is a subject for another time, but there are many examples of times when the Torah says something. There's some something written in the Gemara, the Torah, and it kind of, at first, seemed to maybe not be manifest in science, in revealed scientific knowledge. But then, give it a few years, and then the scientific world catches up to the Torah. This happens more often than not, and there are many things. To this day, that science is still very much behind in terms of. So that's just sort of a little bit of a tangent in terms of something we're going to be talking about today, in terms of this the stars and the sun and all of that, and how it is that the sun actually influences the light of the stars, at least in terms of our perception of them. So how, why are we talking about all this? First of all, like, what is this whole discussion of the sun and the stars like? What does this interest us? So as we'll see, the Description of the sun and the stars, and how, in a certain sense, the sun actually allows us to see the radiance of the stars, specifically by it being by it concealing itself, by it hiding from the world, is actually a really apt analogy for understanding how it is that a tzaddik is able to shine illumination upon his followers, upon his his students after he passes away, and in a way that actually is much greater than while he was. Here, present in his life while he was alive. So this has been the theme of the past few episodes, uh, which, for context, we've been studying uh, a letter that the Alter Rebbe wrote to his Chassidim, a, a letter of condolence um, to his Chassidim after the passing of a very holy man, Rabbi Menachem Mendel of Vitebsk, otherwise known as Rabbi, Rabbi Menachem Mendel of Horodok, and we've been discussing this idea of how it is that after a tzaddik passes away, there's a teaching in the Zohar that that speaks about. How it is that, that this Sadiq gives life to his followers and what that's all about how that works. And so we were talking about the different levels of the soul of the tariq and it seemed as if, so far at least, that the level of the soul of the Tzariq that this most related to in terms of how it is that the Tzariq gives life to his followers was on the level of the Ruach, the level of the Ruach of the Tzariq, which is associated with the more emotive qualities of the soul, which have to do with the Tzariq's life being devoted to emmona, faith, Uh, Yira, awe of God and Ava, love of God and how since the Tzadik's whole entire life was really made up of, of these three things, at least on a ruach level, then since these things are not physical kind of things, these are things that that stay in the world eternally, they're sort of like um, core components of the world, then after a tzadik passes away, then his followers, his students, can still connect with the tzadik and derive uh, illumination, enlightenment from the tzadik on this ruach level by connecting with the tzadik uh, through Emunayira and, uh, and Ava. But uh, now we also spoke about briefly the the lower part of the soul, the nefesh of the tzaddik. And we talked about the nefesh of the tzaddik, which is very connected with the body. It's the most physical, physically connected part of the soul. That part of the tzaddik remains here in this world, totally present, connected to the physical body of the tzaddik, which is why it's such a powerful experience to go to a gravesite of a tzaddik, because it's thought that the nefesh of the tzaddik rests there. It didn't actually leave the body of the tzaddik. And today we're going to focus on the higher level of the soul, the level of the neshama of the soul. So we've been focusing on the three levels. There's a the level of the nefesh, there's a the level of the ruach, and then there's the level of the neshama. I should mention, just as maybe if you might have been wondering, there's a, in Hasidus, we actually talk about two Other levels, the level of the Chaya and the Yechida of the soul, which are even higher than the Neshama. But for the purposes of our discussion, we're really sticking to these three levels, which are really much more prominent in the discussions of the Zohar. And so for the sake of our discussion, the Neshama is really this highest of the three levels. There's the level of the Nefesh, which is totally connected to the body and doesn't leave the body even after the tzaddik passes away. Then there's the level of the Ruach, which remains somewhat attached to the physical world through the tzaddiks faith, awe, and love of God, but also part of the Ruh ascends upwards after the tzaddik passes away. And then there's the level of the neshama, which as we learned, totally ascends upwards. And so that's the level that we're going to be focusing on today. And as we'll learn, this level of the neshama, yes, it totally departs. It leaves the physical body of the tzaddik, but actually by virtue of it leaving, by virtue of its ascension we'll see that it actually just like the sun which by virtue of it hiding by virtue of it ascending upwards which it does according to kabbalah it actually radiates to the stars it actually creates um, a space for these stars to radiate as as we perceive in our physical world so uh, so in terms of the tzaddik, what happens is that as we'll learn through the tzaddik passing away their neshama goes upwards the neshama ascends and this neshama ascending and we're in the tzaddik basically going into this state of concealment it actually is able to illuminate to the students to the followers of the tzaddik in a very transcendent way and transcendence uh, has kind of two implications to it transcendence on the one hand implies that there's a certain level of concealment there that the that the students aren't necessarily aware of this illumination that they're receiving but there's another level when we say transcendence which really means that it's like all-encompassing and it actually um, affects the followers in a complete total way like in a way that actually translates translates into action so with all of that being said, with this pretty long introduction, let's get into the text and see how the Altar Abba explains this. And for context, we are at the very end of the Igeris, um, the Epistle 27 of Igeris HaKodesh. And again, this is the end of a letter of consolation in the in the explanation of the letter of consolation, like the exp- ex- explanatory part of the letter of consolation uh, that the Altar Abba wrote wrote uh, to console his Followers after the passing of a very special man who's a tzaddik named Rabbi Menachem Mendel of Vitebsk Otherwise known as Rabbi Menachem Mendel of Harjok So the ultra rabbi begins here and he says that there's another aspect another type of illumination that That shines upon the students of the tzaddik after they pass away Meaning in addition to the one that comes about through the ruach uh, just this type of illumination does not become vested in their minds, like like really in their minds, the way the ruach one does. So the one the ruach illumination gets vested in their minds. They internal it becomes internalized within them. It's an internalized illumination. Mm-hmm. But this one that we're going to talk about today is one that shines upon them from below, from above, and it comes from the ascension of the ruach and the neshama. In its uh, source above, in this place called the Hakal Tapuchin Kadishin. Hakal Tapuchin Kaddishin is Aramaic for the uh, the literal translation is the Orchard of Holy Apples. What is this Orchard of Holy Apples? So according, so um, so according to Kabbalah, this Orchard of Holy Apples is uh, is what is called the Sphera of Malchus in the world of Atzilus. This is Malchus of Atzilus. So this is that place that's like the the origin of all the souls. We brought up this place of many times in this podcast and the reason why it's called the orchard of holy apples is because supposedly this place this this abode of the souls the origin of the souls has a smell of apples actually it smells like apples so this is why it's called the and so okay so going back to our text so now we're talking about this this uh illumination that comes about that that shines upon the followers of the of the Tzadik from above it comes about through the ascension of the Ruach and the Neshama to their source in this orchard of holy apples in this and through this ascent, what does this ascent accomplish? This ascent accomplishes a yichud. It, it accomplishes a union through the, the rising up of what are known as the feminine waters, the main nukvin, from all of the good deeds and the Torah and the service that this tzaddik was involved with during their life. So basically, so what happens here is that the tzaddik lives their life, right? And they go through their life. They accomplish a lot of good things. After they pass away, then they're... Uh, their neshama as well as part of their ruach ascends back up to its source above and in addition to the neshama and the ruach ascending up so do to do the good deeds that they did during their life go up and in the source what happens is the good deeds unite with they, they create this union between these parts of their soul and then this and, and this implants in the Chakal Tapolin Kaddishin, in the Orchard of Holy Apples, this this uh, Malchus of Atzilus. Mm-hmm. They implant lights there, and these lights are very very lofty in comparison to the lower realms. Uh, and these lights are made up of the tzaddik's teaching and his service, and the illumination of these supernal lights illuminate down to all of the students. Uh, who became servants of God through this, uh, through this Tzadik's Torah and his Avodah. So it's like, if you are, if the reason why you serve God, the reason why you learn Torah and you serve God is because of a certain holy man. Like for many of us, it's because of the rebbe. Then that, that that's a way that's very relatable to us. Then this light that comes about that, that shines down, that is produced from the Tzadik's holy deeds at, at that, after they pass away, shines down to us, shines down to the students of the Sadiq. and this illumination radiates upon them from above. And it and it and and what does it accomplish? It actually, even though it's a radiance from above, it instills into them uh, a, a thoughts of doing tshuva and thoughts of doing good deeds. So if you ever have this feeling, like all of a sudden that you want to be better, that you want to um, you know, improve in your connection with God and all that kind of thing, that could very well be that, that, that you're receiving at that moment, that's an illumination, a product of the illumination that you're receiving from the tzaddik, And all of the good deeds that come about that are born from this illumination, from this initial implantation in this field above, in this Chakal Tapuchin Kadishin, in the Malchus in the Vatilas above, um, they are called like the, like the illumination that now your good deeds produce, are called the successive generations of offshoots or in Hebrew, the Gidule Gidulin. So it's sort of like the children of these initial offshoots. So it's like sort of like, first you had those initial um, good deeds of the tzaddik that were implanted in Malchus of Etzillas. And then from there, that that caused this illumination and that that illumination inspires us, all of us to, or the students of the tzaddik the to do good deeds. And that those good deeds are creating, um, it's their own illumination. And this is the Gidule Gidulin, the successive generations of offshoots that come about from that initial um, implantation from the Tzadik. And now this illumination is very much concealed. It's, it's very hidden with a great hiddenness, just like, what is this like? And this is like the sun that shines upon the stars from underneath the earth. So again, this is where it's like, if you're thinking in a scientifically astronomical minds, this isn't going to necessarily match up with what we know in terms of astronomy today, but uh, hopefully in the future, things will be uncovered more so. But according to uh, Torah teaching, there's this idea that, uh, that, the sun, at, at, after the day is over, when it's no longer light outside, then the sun actually goes below the earth and it shines upon the stars from underneath the earth. And this is what makes those stars radiate. Um, as is written about in the Tikkunim, so the tikune Zohar talks about this in terms of Moshe Rabbeinu, Allah meaning uh, may peace be upon him, that he was a good example of this whole process, that after Moshe Rabbeinu passed away, then his Radiance extended into all successive generations into 600,000 different souls. And these are 600,000 general souls. And so then there's many sparks out of those souls. So it's pretty much all of the Jewish people, just like the sun that shines from underneath the earth to the 600,000 stars. So that's the end of the section. And that's the end of the Segaris. And so just to kind of like sum it up and bring it all together. The basic idea here is that after a Tzadik passes away, then yes, you know, it's very sad. We don't see the Tzadik in the same ways before. It's not in the like more revealed sense but this letter of consolation is here to remind us that and to teach us really that the tzaddik actually even though we don't necessarily perceive him with our physical eyes there's in a certain sense the tzaddik is actually more present here and the effect of the tzaddik is actually more present here after he passes away we learned we learned what that means in terms of the ruach level of the tzaddik like in terms of uh, really connecting with the Tzariq on the Ruach level. And then today we talked about the Neshama level of the Tariq that there's a, there's an aspect of the the tzariq, the in fact, the highest part of the Tzariq in terms of our discussion, that while yes, it does ascend upwards and becomes totally like, you know, goes away from this world, that's actually not, that doesn't mean that it's it has no more influence here at all. In fact, it has a much greater influence because what happens is in that ascension above, the neshama unites with the good deeds and the Torah that it accomplished down here in the world. And that creates this, this illumination that shines down upon all of the followers of the tzaddik down here. And so what that means practically for us, let's say we talk about it in terms of the Rebbe, you know, the Rebbe passed away and many of us have followed the Rebbe's teachings. So it's Even the, and this actually applies. The Rebbe spoke about this that this even applies to somebody who never met the Rebbe during their lifetime, but only connected to the Rebbe later on. That we actually are receiving, whether we're aware of it or not, we are receiving this radiance from the Rebbe's Neshama in, in our lives. And this is often when people have this like, um, arousal to you want to do good things or learn more torah whatever it is then very possibly this is coming from that illumination from the from from that transcendent level that's that's allowing you to shine just like a star so I've heard this teaching many times. I don't know where it's from, really, but like that the the rabbi actually chose, hand picked his chassidem, and so that anybody who's a chabad chassid nowadays, it's because the rabbi chose that he should be a chabad chassid. So any one of you, I mean, some of you may have been born into. Uh, being Chabad, being Lubavitch. Maybe some of you are not, don't consider yourselves to be Lubavitch and that's okay. But those of you who, like myself, chose at a certain point in your life to to become connected to the rabbi, to become connected to Chabad, there's this kind of idea that that didn't come out of nowhere, that this feeling to whether it might seem in a manifest way that you met a certain rabbi you went to a certain class you went to a gathering or whatever it is and then you chose to do this in fact there were other workings that were happening above that 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 perhaps the rebbe himself shined his light upon you for your star for your illumination to shine and perhaps that is what instigated the process of you getting close to him and um, and you coming towards him. So that's it for today and tomorrow we're going to begin a new epistle which is another letter of consolation that the ultra of wrote to, uh, to Rabbi Levi Tchakov Berdachev after his son passed away. Uh, for some reason in the Tanya it seems like the introduction to that epistle is part of today's section. I'm not really sure why but uh, I'll leave that introduction to you tomorrow so we can really get into the epistle then and uh, have the full context so i will speak to you then thanks for listening to the it is top podcast hosted by sarid switzer this podcast is dedicated in loving memory of my maternal grandfather abraham Yitzchak ben Binyamin cohen of blessed memory music by shoshana if you enjoyed this episode and would like to support the show please share it with others and subscribe on youtube apple itunes spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts and make sure to leave us a five-star review